And now it's time for us to discuss more of the headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Hope you're staying warm. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> it's winter, folks. Layer up. It is. It is. It certainly is difficult to stay warm, but uh, yeah, I'm staying indoors mostly <laughs> to avoid the cold. As per the advisory goes, avoid unnecessary outdoor activities. Layer up. But, but although today's daytime highs, it seems to be in in well the single digits in the positive. So. Right. Well, uh, I don't really trust those numbers because the, what the numbers say and what you feel are quite different, aren't they? So This is <laughs> we'll have true. Brace yourselves, folks. Let's jump into our keyword news portion of the day. This is our first pick of the day. $40,000. So the People Power Party and the government says they will aim to raise a nation's per capita income to $40,000 by the year 2027. So within the UN, uh, administration. So tell us the details of this plan. Right. Well, the pledge came after discussions on next year's economic policy direction. They say their economic policy for next year will focus on what it's calling crisis management and preparing for a rebound led by future industries. Now, gross national income was $35,000 per capita last year. Uh, the year 2023 will be critical in the sense it will be a first step toward that uh, and the first full year under the UN administration uh, as of next May because the UN administration took office uh, from May. Now, the government admits the current economic situation is dire. Uh, say the first half of next year will be especially challenging due to a recession in the semiconductor industry and sluggish exports. But it says the, nation's the nation will get through the crisis by ramping up its drive for new growth by boosting incentives and easing regulations in the industries of the future. Uh, in the meantime, it'll focus on managing the economy on a macro level with flexibility and stabilizing prices as the top priority. It is also aiming to achieve a current account surplus through a strong export-driven policy. Uh, the government and the ruling party also pledged to expand their reform drives beyond uh, pensions, labor and education and embark on overhauling systems regarding finances and services. Mm. Based on what was discussed, the finance ministry will report the finalized plan to President Yoon tomorrow, which is the first session of government policy briefings that we uh, gave you a heads up about in the segment uh, yesterday. Mm. With that, we move on to our second keyword of the day. Counter-strike capability. So the presidential office has expressed concern over Japan's inclusion of counter-strike capability in its recently revised security documents. They did overhaul their nation's defense uh, sort of posture. Uh, what did it? Ha what did the central government have to say in this regard? Right. Well, concerns are stemming from the fact that Japan could basically launch a counter-attack in the event it comes under attack from, say, North Korea and other threats. Uh, presidential officials told reporters. If it is a grave matter directly connected to security on the Korean Peninsula or Korean interests, it is obvious that there needs to be close consultations with Seoul or an agreement in advance. Now, officials said earlier that under the South Korean constitution, the country's territory includes the North. So if Tokyo were to use force against Pyongyang, it would need to seek the backing from Seoul. Uh, Japan on Friday uh, published this revised national security strategy that stipulates a counter-strike capability if the country does come under attack, uh, we gave you information about it yesterday. Uh, mm. When asked if Tokyo will consult, 
Uh, if Tokyo will consult with Seoul if it decides to strike the North, a Japanese official said it won't, prompting concern in South Korea, of course. Uh, the South Korean government, however, expressed some understanding, saying Japan was responding to regional instability that had been provoked by ever-increasing provocations by North Korea. But there are still questions surrounding the counter-strike capability, such as what would be considered the beginning stages of an attack on Japan that would warrant such a counter-attack or counter-strike. Um, Japan's Prime Minister Fumio Kishida was asked that question in a press conference. Uh, he answered, uh, his answer to the question was quite vague. He stated that there are several theories that can be used to determine whether a country is about to strike a different one and that different countries use different methods to make that judgment. So no real detail on the criteria uh, on what warrants uh, such an attack. And he went on to say that J Japan will make sure to adhere to international law. So it is important that Japan creates a detailed system that enables it to respond to threats within those legal boundaries. Um, his approval ratings are dropping again, though, after the revision, especially as it was pushed through, despite the majority mm. of the Japanese public being opposed to it. There's been several rallies and protests against it within um, Japan. So uh, we'll have to see if the actual revision comes into fruition uh, amid this opposition. But there you have it. The revision is uh, has been passed. So... Mm. Um, We'll have to see what the ramifications are. All right, with that, we move on to our COVID-19 coverage for the day. This is our third keyword. COVID rules. So Health Minister Cho Kyung has weighed in on the, the last remaining COVID curbing rules and reform of the national health insurance. Uh, what did he have to say? Right, well, he said the government plans to lift the mandatory seven-day self-isolation rule for virus carriers. He added it will be actively reviewed once the pandemic situation is stabilized after the ongoing cold weather conditions this winter. He said one of the prerequisites for lifting the rule was when COVID-19 is uh, kind of classified as uh, a class four infectious disease, which includes uh, the seasonal flu. Now, in response to questions about the government's plan to remove the Indoor mask requirements or mandate, Chaw said his ministry will announce on Friday detailed measures on when and how the rule will be relaxed. Uh, it is highly anticipated that the mandate will be partially lifted in low-risk facilities to start off before the Lunar New Year holiday, which starts on January 22nd. But Chaw's cautious about giving an exact date, saying considering the uncertainties in the virus situation, it is difficult to set an exact timeline uh, Korea's top infectious disease advisor, Chong Gisok, has stressed that the recent increase in severely ill patients may become a variable against scrapping indoor mask rules early next year. Um, now, Cho also reaffirmed the need to reform the National Health Insurance Program in order to enhance its financial uh, sustainability and better provide medical services to people in need. He noted that during the past five years, the expansion of health insurance coverage has led to a tremendous increase in medical expenses of the state insurance program in a short period of time. When asked about concerns that the reform plans may lead to reduced insurance benefits for those mm -hmm. in need, he replied the aim is to enhance the sustainability of the insurance policies. He added that the saved expenditures will be spent on improving essential medical services, urgent care, as well as treatment of rare and incurable diseases. He also noted that more detailed measures to improve the transparency of the insurance program 
will also be uh, announced next year. Mm. Uh, including but not limited to the national health insurance. I mean, it seems that we have the framework, the details of how to achieve what the government wants. Now, that's something we have to keep tabs on going into 2023. All right, let's move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Subway fare hike. <laughs> Did you hesitate because everything has become more expensive? <laughs> yeah. uh, but, tr- but truth be told, uh, I guess it is a matter of relativity. I mean, compared to other cities across the world, is Seoul's subway fare more affordable or too affordable? Seoul Mayor mm. Ozeon has hinted at the possibility of raising subway fares next year unless the central government compensates for the growing deficit from free subway rides for particularly the elderly citizens. That's right. Uh, he was speaking in an interview with uh, Yanak News, and he emphasized that Seoul Metro's deficit has grown a bit too much. Uh, also, that if the government does not provide any support regarding the deficit, the city government will be forced to consider uh, a rate or fair hike. Now, according to the mayor, the operator posts an annual deficit of about one trillion won, with most of the deficit resulting from basically free riders aged over 65. Some might say it is a good uh, privilege for the elderly to Mm. uh, get around. Uh, Others say that it is costing uh, the operator of the subway. Um, And of course, that means inevitably that your average consumer or subway rider uh, has to uh, basically pay more. Mm. And it marks the first time he actually mentioned the possibility of such hikes. Uh, The basic subway fare of subway lines in the capital city remains at 1,251 since the hike in 2015. So it's been a while, yeah. uh, seven, eight years since the last rate hike. So um, it is still relatively cheap uh, mm. considering uh, the rise in prices and inflation of late. Mm. Uh, but there you have it, the sole mayor hinting at a possible mm. rate hike. And that's not popular news, so he knows that that's not going to get the raving support of any subway riders. However, it seems he's pushing the central government to either to help alleviate the situation or he's out of options. Let's move on to our final keyword of the day. Lunar orbit. I guess it's natural. We took you underground, now we take you to outer space. South Korea's first lunar orbiter, Tanuria, succeeded in the first of the five planned maneuvers for a lunar orbit flyby. What's the latest? Right, well, Tanuria entered lunar orbit on Saturday after conducting its first lunar orbit insertion maneuver. Now, the LOI maneuver is when a spacecraft basically lowers its speed to enter Uh, the moon's orbit. It is now in an elliptical orbit around the moon. Uh, The initial maneuver is most crucial in placing Tannery well enough within the moon's gravitational field to be captured. It is scheduled for four more LOI maneuvers through next Wednesday. Whether it has entered lunar orbit properly and has reached the target orbit of 100 kilometers above the moon's surface will be confirmed the following day, next Thursday. Uh, The lunar mission, uh, if all is well, will begin in February 2023 after a month of tests through January and will last until December. Uh, The mission is to collect data related to lunar resources and search for a lunar landing location. So Mm -hmm. whether Korea will uh, have uh, its first lunar landing mission remains to be seen as well. Uh, Now, the Tannery is equipped with five pieces of observation equipment developed in Korea as well as what's known as a shadow cam device from NASA that can observe the darkest parts um, of the moon's surface. Uh, It did 
successfully communicates or uh, conduct space communication uh, last uh, month, in fact, when it played the uh, BTS song uh, <laughs> Dynamite. Uh, so they have some uh, interesting testing with that. But uh, <laughs> it all seems uh, going. Uh, it all seems to be going smoothly in terms of the Korea's first homegrown lunar orbiter. It's interesting how they try to captivate audiences just here on Earth with the BTS song. That got our attention. Right. Well, it certainly <laughs> does have a wide reach uh, when it comes to anything <laughs> BTS. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, John, for today's coverage. Stay warm and we'll see you tomorrow. Stay warm. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.